TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we're picking up on part two of last week's amazing podcast on Cindy O'Meara's business. Last week, we covered her business journey right from the very beginning. And this week, we're continuing the ride. Certainty now. You have evidence. Mm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. If I was, you're going to sum something up. You should have seen Kim has been writing madly. I'm going to let you. Well, it's almost like a business plan you've got. Yeah. Well, I just, these are the things that I've learned mm. from you that I think for anyone listening, just a quick summary. And I think the things I've learned from you in this hour is, you know, planning. Um, planning's quite important to you, mm. as in you've never just, you've never jumped as in just gone, stuff it, I'll do it. Mm. I think you've done that as far as writing, but you've never, you're very cautious with money, and that's something mm. I've always been very mindful of with you, and you're a wonderful mentor for that. Uh, you said get people on board, you know, ask people around you, mm. question, gather information, don't be afraid to do that. I think a lot of people, because we've got this culture in business, particularly in small business, it's very competitive. And especially with social media, everybody wants to be perceived to be successful, even when they're not. And I think what happens is we get stuck with trying to make ourselves look good, therefore thinking that's what's going to drive more business our way. If I look like I'm successful and I pretend that I'm successful on social media, then you know people will trust me and people will do business with me. But the downside to that is that you don't get to show your vulnerability and say, I don't know what I'm doing and I need a bit of help here. Can somebody help me? My business is going backwards right now. Mm. And it's. I think that social media, unfortunately, has come at a price from that perspective in a business environment where people don't feel safe to say, how do I do this? Where do I go next? What should I do? Because they're too busy trying to make themselves look good. And I've actually seen, I've, I've seen seven businesses go out of business in the first 12 months because of that very reason in the last, mm. in the last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. interesting you say that because mm. I've got a policy around social media that I won't post negative things or mm. awful things or things like, I'm tired, I can't do this today. I just, I refuse to put that on my face. That's my philosophy. Yeah, yeah. But what I love about yours and, and Cindy's and, and probably what I do do is some days I'll go, oh my gosh, you know, what's your best remedy for a cold? What do you guys use? Mm. Um, I think I, I love using social media as a platform for for learning, mm. not a whinging dumping ground. I think that's really important. And not perceiving that, because someone else said to me, I put a picture on Instagram one day when someone had trolleyed my car, my brand new car. And I had a photo of me frowning, pointing to the car, going, how could no one leave a message and say they'd done this hideous thing? And I'll never forget this person's comment said, oh, my gosh, that's the first picture, image, or thing I've seen from you that's not positive. Mm. Um, wow. Um, and, and I went, oh, my gosh. She's, no, she wasn't saying it awfully. She was just like, oh, my God, I can understand your pain. But I realized how positive I am. Mm. But it's not a, a show. Do you know what I mean? Like I no, think no. that's the important distinction. But I, and I also think that there's a distinction between you as an individual. Yes. And then there's people who are in social, on social media from a business perspective. Oh, I see. Just with, with that point that, that Cindy made of being prepared to ask questions yes. and say, where do I go? What do you think? Yes. From, from a business point of view, I think that there's um, a lot of people who won't do that because they go into business and they want to look like they are... Um, 
they will look like they're more successful than what they are because they're not comfortable with being a startup. Mm. You know, they don't want people to think that they're just a startup. They want people to think that they're already this massive success, and they're not. They're still a startup. You know, and the vulnerability just is 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 missed. Therefore, they're not asking the right questions of the right people, and then their businesses go bust. And you know, another thing that I think is really important to um, uh, well, what, this is what I find when somebody's written a book. When somebody has written a book and they come to me and they go, I have this idea for a book, but I don't want to tell anybody. You know, it's secret squirrel yeah. stuff and yeah. I'm scared someone's going to steal it from me. And, and, I, and I actually say to them, you know, if you've written a book, you've got to get that message out. And it, it's not about people stealing from you because it's so much competition out there in the marketplace and actually I don't see it as competition because I think about how few people were out in the marketplace doing nutrition when I first started compared to how many people are doing competition now you know how many people are out there in the marketplace doing nutrition now Mm -hmm. and and what's happened is it it has propelled a huge industry so we we don't see each other as competition. We see each other as fueling a bigger and bigger industry. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like this lady that I was speaking to um, at the conference on Sunday, she'd written a book and, and you know, she, she was worried about her competitors and she was worried about all of these things. And I, I just think it's, it's time that we realise that it's not about the competition and it's not about, you know, holding things in. It's, it is about spreading the word and not worrying about your competition but doing what you do best and doing the best thing you can do not copying off other people but having your own thoughts your own ideas your own things learning from people but not trying to you know steal from people do do you know what i mean here well i think that book i think that book the science of getting rich napoleon hill said in there do we, you know, you can get creative or you can get competitive. Mm, exactly. And, and yeah. creative means there's enough for everybody. Competitive means you're selfishly thinking you're the only one that can do it. And I think um, I think the most important thing is that if you stay creative, it, I mean, otherwise if we stayed competitive, the minute a publisher got approached with another person wanting to write a cookbook, there'd be no more cookbooks. Oh, no, there's so many out there. There's always room yeah. for another good cookbook. Yes. There's always room for another good nutritionist. There's always room for another good speaker trainer. There's always room for another aromatherapy company. Like, let's not think that we've got the monopoly here. It's just the way we deliver it. Mm. It will attract certain people. And I think in business, what I learned as a therapist is some people will come to you. They'll start seeing you if you're a therapist, for instance, and you offer the service and they like it, you like them, the whole thing works. You might be away one week and they see someone else. All of a sudden you don't see that person anymore. Now you could take that personally and think you're no good, you're not a good therapist, or you could think, actually that person, you know, our level of communication and and interaction has completed. We've got enough from one another. Now they're working with someone else. Fantastic. I think as a therapist you should feel fantastic for your job is to help them find the right Mm. people for them, not fill your pocket or fill your needs of what you yeah. need in clients because that will open again. So what else did you get? Um, I think one of the other things you said was don't be rushed. Uh, don't be rushed. Don't rush and be open. I think that was a really good thing which just follows up on, on getting your information. Business coaches was something I think we both got a big aha over Karen like getting that that person who is the hard the hardcore, um, mm-hmm. the one that won't let you play when you want to play. Um, and we'll actually, well, actually, what I get now is, rather than saying it's not no, you can't do it, 
For instance, justify it. Well, for instance, I really want to. I've, I've done all my planning for repackaging. I've got all the products worked out. What I'm putting in. I've got the labels worked out and everything. But when I did my ROI, I realised that I needed to have a buffer of twenty thousand dollars sitting in the account to make sure, on top of everything else, but I needed, it was $20,000 I needed sitting there to account for the changeover mm. and to account for the um, the build-up, the lead-in, and all of that sort of jazz, and also the extra labels, the extra packaging, and all of that, in order to make sure I could meet my bills every month, which I've got, I, I know exactly what I have to earn each month to break even. And and I've realised now that it didn't. Ha- it wasn't going to happen in February this year, and we're now into March, and I've now put it for the end of July. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I feel a relief around it because mm. I was so scared yeah. that I wouldn't. I mean, I think fear is not a bad thing to have in business, but I just think that little bit of planning and that doing that ROI <laughs> actually is what brings me back down to earth. Because now that I'm paying for four people that work with me, I realise I need to make sure I pay their bills before mm. I go and do something, which I think is a fantastic idea to repackage. Yeah, and and what um, our business coach did for us is um, keep us accountable, mm. keep us on track. Um, he, What I loved in the beginning is he, he created a, a – we did a personality um, plan, you know, much like what you do, Kimmy, to figure out what our strengths and our weaknesses are. And from that, he realised – you know, what we were and how we did things. So he realised that you, Cindy, you need to be structured and given this to do in small increments, you, Howie, need to see the big picture. So it was because of that personality profile that he did for us that he was able to do that. But I I believe meeting him every week and we had a sheet of paper and we had things we had to do on that sheet of paper and he would... um, ask us had we completed it or not and why had we not completed it and what's holding us up and what are our, you know, what is causing the problem that's holding it up? Was it time or was it you just couldn't get it out or was it something else that got in your way? And then we discuss what the hindrance was and how can we get rid of that hindrance so that you're on time and you can do things. And, you know, when we were doing it every single week and it slowly progressed, everything slowly progressed and it was a slow progression. Like, I look back now and it feels like it happened yesterday when we first sat in his office. But really, this has been um, a step-by-step... Has it been three years, four years? Oh, no, it's five years. five? Five years. Since we first met Bruce. Since we first met Bruce. Yeah, five years. Why don't they say that most 80% of businesses go under in the first five years? Mm, And ours is just... Our our business has begun beyond expectations. We won quite a few awards with um, Action Coaches. And, you know, Bruce ended up stop calculating um, our figures because he would always do it in percentages and he just said, I can't keep up. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how to, to say it anymore. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wonderful. And, and I just went, oh, really? Because I remember watching in the first year, you know, you, you, you're with action coaches and he is with action coaches, although I think he's split now. I think he's, um, his business is called um, Business entrepreneurial school here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, But I think still he's associated with action coaches. But, you know, there's a group of action coaches on the coast and around the world. They're worldwide, these coaches. And they all follow the same principles, and it's all by a gentleman that I met 25 years ago. I remember um, Brad Sugars was his Mm. name. And Brad Sugars was in... um, not Toastmasters, but um, business um, or speakers. Remember? Oh, the uh, Australian National, National, National Speakers. speakers. Mm-hmm. I met Brad um, there. He was one of the young up 
up-and-coming young men that was speaking. And now he owns this multi-billion, I'm sure. I don't think it's a million anymore, multi-billion dollar business in coaching. He coaches businesses to do well. And it's and it's all very systemized and it's all very structured. And he has hundreds of disciples or thousands of disciples. You know, he probably started like what I'm doing with changing habits. Start with yourself. You go out speaking. You help people with businesses. Other people want to know it. So you coach people to do that. It's train the trainer type thing. So anyway, I remember sitting um, at an award ceremony and this was our first or second year and this woman um, who I will not name, but had done two million that that um, that year, and it's because she'd done million the last year, and she'd done two million the second year, and it, and uh, and and they, he talked about how she doubled her business and what she did, and and I'm in awe, going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, even a million, wow, you know. So I'm sitting there in that first year in awe of these people, but they inspired me. I went, I'm going to be up there. You know, it was that mm. the competitive edge, mm. Kimmy. <laughs> I think it's healthy. I think it is. It was like, I want that trophy. And I, you know, what, what's a trophy? <laughs> really? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. what is that? But I want, I want to be up there. I want to do. And I think it's benchmarks. I think is it benchmarks? I think, well, it's possibility. Just, and yeah, yes. it's, it's possibility. Yeah. And the fact that you have got something to aim for. Otherwise, you just feel like you're this, I was going to say, udderless. I mean, rudderless. <laughs> <laughs> An udderless cow, a rudderless ship, you know, and they, like you, I think it's sometimes nice to have those um, those points, you know, mm. like for me, you know, turning over 10,000 a month, 20,000 a month, 50,000 a month, oh my gosh, 100,000 a month, like when you start actually hitting those goals and you don't know what that means. I mean, 100,000 a month might be extraordinary for someone like me, but Toyota would freak. Yeah, yeah, you go broke. It's relative, isn't it? It is relative. And and as we were talking before, it also depends on your, you know, like if you're selling something that's, uh, Toyota sells things between, what, 20,000 and 250,000. So that's their, you know, that's what they're selling. But you and I, Kimmy, we sell things at um, anywhere between $15, even less. Mm. Uh, all the way up to maybe two hundred dollars. Mm. So that's relative. So when you're seeing someone's a multi-billion-dollar business as opposed to a multi-million, they may actually be selling the same amount and doing the same amount and getting the same profits. Do you yes. see what I mean? It's and the think, cost of the goods that they it, sell. It's the cost of the goods they sell. Like uh, yes. you know. And I remember. Uh, sorry. Yeah, you I just remember this this guy who thought he was a businessman and used to drive his wife batty, but he would say, um, "Oh, my business turns over a million dollars a year." And she'd be like, and you'd think, wow. Yeah. And she's like, but that's not our profit. Mm. In fact, you're costing us that a year. Like, he would think uh, that just because he had this business turning over a million a year that he was profitable. And I think that's the other thing that I've learned. That, that's the key thing is that you may be a multi-million dollar business, but you may only be bringing home a hundred grand. Mm. And a lot of businesses, and that's what Howard and I noticed when we were looking at businesses, is that... You know, oh my gosh, it's turning over two million. But when we really looked at the figures, all we were doing was buying a job, just yes. over broke. All we were doing was that there wasn't enough profit in the business to make it worthwhile, even though it was doing that. But then I would look at Howard's chiropractic business and I'd say, costs you nothing for your hands. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is paying rent and 
and a phone, basically, and electricity. And your hands are making more than that multi-million dollar business, even though you're only, you're under the million. You know, do you know what I mean? The profit was far greater. Your return on investment was Mm. far. And I, I think, you know, when people sprout about how much money they're making, it's not about how much they're making, it's how much they're keeping. Yes. So it's their return on sales. Yeah. So your sales could be a million dollars. But your bottom line is ten thousand. Yeah. So the percentage of profit is ten. You know, like mm. is 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 point one percent or one percent. And one of the things that Bruce um, taught Howard was something called cogs. I'd never heard of cogs before. Oh yeah. Cogs. Mm. Like I kept going cogs. What about cogs for? But it, that was really. I don't even know what it stands for now. But cost I know what it's cost of good salt. So what um, I didn't realize is that yeah, here's here's my book, like in the beginning of my business, here's my book, it costs me this much money, I sell it for this much, that means that's my profit. But then what about my time? What about the receptionist or the, the somebody else I'm paying? What about the postage and handling? What about this? What about that? So he, he really explained that to us. And like I said, when we started with Bruce, I saw it as a university degree. I saw that that's what we were paying for was a degree in business. Neither of us had it. My husband was a chiropractor. I'm a nutritionist. And, you know, you can be a chiropractor or a nutritionist, but you may not be a businessman. Mm -hmm. And I often see even doctors making lots of money and then um, going out and buying Mercedes or BMWs and beautiful big homes, and they own none of it Mm -hmm. because all they're doing is getting enough money to pay the 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 interest Mm -hmm. and then they go down the tubes if anything goes wrong and it's a very stressful life and that was one thing that we said to Bruce we we don't want to borrow Mm -hmm. we want to stay a cash business and so the growth if you want to borrow you can go and borrow quite a few million dollars and produce a business and but the stress I think on that is really scary whereas when you go how much can we build from what we've done now? What What's our next step that we can do without having to do it? And and I, I understand that borrowing money is part of business, but it doesn't have to be. My sister always said to me right from the very beginning, because my sister's you know incredibly successful. She's retired at 46, and she's incredibly successful. And she always said to me, never invest a dollar. She said, never invest more than a dollar in your business. She said, don't invest more than a dollar in your business. Make your business make you money. Uh-huh. And then what the business makes, invest that. But don't go invest in your house. Don't go getting great big mortgages out. She said, because it's like gambling. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And she said, and you also don't know if you've got the right product, wrong market, or wrong market, right product, or mm-hmm. right market, wrong product. Mm-hmm. She said, you don't know until you're actually in business. So she said, so don't invest any of your own dollars in it, which I thought was mm-hmm. the very, very best advice mm-hmm. that I've ever had. And yeah, I'm very fortunate with my sister. Actually, you've just brought up something that I remember um, hearing someone say, and, and um, her name was Anita. She started the body shop. She's now passed oh, Rod- away. Oh, Roddick. Roddick. Anita Roddick. Is it Anita Roddick? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You've got it. So Anita was speaking in Brisbane, and I went and listened to her speak. And because she didn't have enough money to start her business mm, mm. and the banks wouldn't give it to her, she had a friend invest in that business. Yeah, right. And then, of course, that business became a multi-million dollar business. Now, I think that friend invested $4,000. Yeah, right. And she, to buy him out, had to pay millions of dollars. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always good if you are going to go into um, partnership mm. or 
borrow money other than from a bank or I don't know in any way you've got to you've got to really look at that because if your business does go crazy you you realize that um great you couldn't have done it without that four grand absolutely but I remember her saying I remember her saying I was so anxious to start that I wasn't prepared to earn that money mm. to do it. I think she was opening her first shop and she needed that. I think it was £4,000 or something like that. Mm. It was just... And she said, I, I, I spent millions buying him out because he invested 4000 in my, my well, business. Well, I know another lady who was struggling with capital to begin with her business and the lady that she needed to do the manufacturing part of her business... She, neither of them knew it was going to work, but they both had passion. Well, the manufacturer believed in her, and she believed she could do it. And so what they offered one another was she offered her a certain percentage of the company. So that was her investment into the company, and that's now worth a multi-million dollar business. Yes, that's awesome. And mm. I think that's a beautiful way to look at trying mm. to grow a business. It's, mm. it's your time you're investing then, isn't mm. it? And and you're trusting and backing yourself. Mm. You've really got to think. It's not just something... A lot of people have businesses and it is just a job. Mm. Uh, so it's got to be a passion. You've got to know that... Um, you can make ends meet because we live in a, a, a world where we have to make ends meet and and it's about looking at the budget return on investment you have to become a businesswoman you also have to become savvy in marketing and social media because that's where marketing is these days is in our social media so there are and but this you all have to accept no's and rejection. Yes. Yeah, you do. You and do. It's part yeah. of being a salesperson. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's part of being a salesperson because you are the salesperson. No matter what you're doing, you are a salesperson. But don't think you have to know it all now. Mm. So for me, I look back at, at my history of what I've done since 1998 to here. And what I know now is far greater than what I knew back in 1998. But I'm kind of glad I didn't know that back then mm-hmm. because I don't know if I would have started mm. because the knowledge you have to gather as you, yeah, over, you, over your time. So all I want to do is write a book. It's all I knew what to do. Then I went, oh, my gosh, I've got to edit it. So, But I, then I, I got someone to help me edit it. I've got to format it. <laughs> what's formatting, you know? Mm. What's a literary agent? What's, what, you know, like, so it, it will come. That education will come. But have your mentors and have a business coach if... If, you know, even if it's just a business coach that you go and listen to them speak, mm. at least get those ideas. Get their book. There's lots of or books out. Podcasts. There's some fantastic business podcasts. There are, aren't there? Yeah. Um, one other thing that you said that I thought was a really good one was was trust. And, and I wrote signposts. You didn't actually say that, but just your story around getting your PhD nutritionist mm. Uh, um, mm. educator, and I thought that was a really good um, analogy about trusting and. and I mean, you manifested him. I thought mm. that was another great thing. I mean, if we hadn't learned about manifestation, mm. we wouldn't mm. have known. You wouldn't know to put that down. I have a vision board. I have it on. I have my Pinterest board. I have my um, my diary, and just every now and again, I'll write certain things in there. They might not have any meaning to anybody else, but one word could drive you. You mm. know, one mm. one. For me, the word run is is actually a huge metaphor for me because for me I know what it means to run. Mm. I feel good, I feel bad, I have a high, I have a low, I get a blister, I get elation, I get joy, I get a win, I get a, a fallback, I get a knockback, I get excitement, you know, there's just that to me is mm. is is life. If we can go on from there because you've we've still got um, quite a few lists that she's got there, but 
you know, I'm thinking about my this whole education thing, and I remember, and I haven't got up there anymore, but I have a pin board be um, in my office, and on that left hand corner in, in that pin board, I actually had what do I want to put on my education course? So I was like going, right, I want to talk about. Um, the endocrine system. I want to talk about the thyroid. I want to talk about vitalism versus mechanism, you know, anthropology. And so I wrote it all down and I had that list and it's funny where it started. It started in that top left-hand corner of my pin board. That's where it started. And then, and so this is where things, things are created. It's, it's an idea that you have, you write it down and you go, well, that's what I want to do. And I, I watch you, Karen. You, you're amazing. So I want everybody to know what happens when we do a speaking engagement together. So we did Awaken the Change. Can we talk about this? Is this okay for me to talk about the Awaken the Change within last year? I don't know what you're about to say. All right, I'm so scared. Just go with just it. Just go with it. we've got Awaken the Change coming up this year. I, I know. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. All right, so... This whole Awaken the Change Within, the whole podcasting is even interesting as to how we we went through this and how we got into this. Um, but I remember us going, right, let's do an Awaken the Change Within seminar. Right, Lynn, when are we going to do it? Well, we'll do it February. Where are we going to do it? Oh, we're going to do it on the Sunshine Coast. Right, well, we better start marketing it. Oh, no, we haven't got enough people. Let's keep marketing it. And what did we have? 80. 80 people came, and I think... The week before we had 30? Yeah. Maybe 30 people. I don't know what happened, but it was like, it just evolved. So then um, it's Saturday night. So, so we sometimes s- jumping in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, totally. that was funny. That was totally. funny. Totally. But we did um, Friday night and we spoke Saturday night. And then we're about Saturday, and then Sunday night we're about to go to um, a dinner, dinner. a VIP dinner, and we're walking down the stairs. I'll never forget this moment. We're walking down the stairs, and Karen grabs Kim and I by both arms. They want more of us. We're going to create a five-day retreat. Right. This is how we're going to do it. And in one, uh, half an hour? No, it was within walking. Within walking. to the restaurant. Mm. So it was in eight minutes. Mm. We had a five-day retreat planned. Mm. It was phenomenal. It was. That was, you're good at this. So Mm. Karen is definitely the oop girl here. Mm, totes, totes. She did it so well. And but then, she doesn't just go oop. She does it with strategy. She yeah. does everything that we're all dreaming of doing. Yeah, yes. Us an hour. <laughs> she does it in a minute would be the analogy. I, I agree. And she, she's got these amazing entrepreneurial ideas. So, Everybody needs a Karen on their team. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's very, very – I swear to you, if you can have – you know, people in your corner mm-hmm. that actually, because the worst thing about, I'm not saying a howie, but someone that goes no or you can't, like sometimes people like us will feel like our wings are constantly mm-hmm. clipped. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, <laughs> whereas someone like Karen will go, right, and how do you plan to do that, love? <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, well, I hadn't thought about how. I just thought we'd do it, you know. <laughs> but it's, I quite like that difference that you bring. Yeah, and I always have you in my little ear uh, when I'm when I'm doing my. Well, hang on, I'm not going to launch now my new packaging until July. How am I going to do that? And maybe if I think about how it might happen in June, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it actually takes away yeah. the no to the how soon could I make this happen? You, know? you, you could say that Karen thinks on her feet and very quickly and very smartly. So anyway, what ended up happening the next morning? Didn't know you guys thought that. Oh yes, oh. the next morning it was like Karen tells everybody about 
what we are going to do. So we'd organise it the night before. Karen gets up, says everything. We don't have a uh, venue, but this is what we're going to do. We decided we needed 20 people to make this work. 17 signed up that day mm-hmm. out of 80 people. Mm-hmm. So I get excited about that. Yeah, you were, you were pretty amazing. And that was like... Oh my and gosh. they were such a good group. They were an amazing group. And you know what? Oh, well, one of them, Kirsty. Oh, beautiful Kirsty. Beautiful Kirsty who came to that and brought, dragged her husband along. Poor man. Beautiful man. Uh, beautiful man. You know, dragged her husband along and um, we've become really close to them. And Kirsty was the one that we ended up doing the triathlon with. Mm. And it's thanks to her. Like, here she was saying we inspired her. But she was the one that turned around and said, do you girls want to do a triathlon? Mm. And so for people to think that they come to any of our seminars and think that we are up there trying to do something, oh, you God, have no minute, idea. The minute they come to the seminar, they're family. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> the minute you come to Awaken the Change, you're family. And you're stuck with us. Yeah, that's um, not in the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> that's the added bonus. That's the steak knives. <laughs> you know, you just mentioned Leonie Douglas. She was another one that was at our Awaken the Change. Oh, no, that, no um, oh. Leonie McDonald. Oh, I thought you said... Oh, no, so, Leonie McDonald's yeah. different lady, but um, oh, she listens to for a chat and oh. she came to speak as fast track on the weekend oh yes God. yes yes and she was you know a, a quite amazing because as i was playing like as i mentioned um in one of the other podcasts i played the up for a chat podcast to my audience at speakers fast track just mm-hmm. so they would know what podcasts were there's leone and i mouthing the words to um you know, <laughs> awaken the change within inspiring you to like leone and i were <laughs> having quite a giggle about that Mm. but it was really cool because there was lots of people that you know um came to our events but i think the the the, the great part about that is that when we do come up with something like we did Mm -hmm. at the last awaken the change when we do come up with something you know we're really honest about it wasn't it Mm. i think i actually stood up on the stage and said we just came up with that this last Mm. night because we know we're not finished with you guys Mm. we know there's more to get and we know that you did you you told them exactly how this happened and what what we felt like and well that's a really good point in business yeah it'd be honest be honest very honest and i think you've got to get to the point certainly for me i think i've got to get to the point where i trust my intuition to a certain extent where i know that if i come up with an idea and it's an educated idea. I must go with it. Mm. And I don't. I didn't know if anybody was going to jump on board. I didn't know if they were going. To, anybody was going to get excited about that. But it gets to the point where I say, "Well, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to trust myself. And if it's meant to be, it will be. And if it's not meant to be, well, I'm totally cool with that. Mm, yeah. It just means that there's something else coming. I love it when you go. She's talking, talking. She's selling. <laughs> she's conversing. She's totally. And I'm. I'm in. I'm signed up. She had me. At, she had me at hello. <laughs> I'm wondering what the rest of the room is feeling. And then she says this beautiful line. Are you ready for it? Is anyone flirting with the possibility of this? <laughs> and then that's when she gets the gauge and yeah. if half the hands go up, then she just gives it to them about what we're going to deliver. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, I've got to write that. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. But it's such a, I think it's powerful. It's feel the fear and do it anyway. Like kind of like test the water get a feeling like yeah well when I say is anybody flirting with coming it's kind of like me saying have I given enough information because if only half the room puts their hands up then I know there's not enough information I haven't given that's right which means then okay hell my vision of what we saw possibly isn't clear enough (laughs) so I need to get a little bit clearer and then Mm. communicate that and so then I end up creating the event while I'm promoting it we know 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're down the back going, we've got to make sure we do that. Oh, gosh, we're going to do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I have a lot of work to do. She's just said that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I remember this. She goes, we're talking about vibrational and, and, and Cindy will <laughs> give you. information that she's never given before. And I'm looking at her going... <laughs> And Jim's going to take you on these exercise sessions that you are not going to believe. And I'm like, okay, exercise sessions. <laughs> even I can't believe. But out of that, I created my four, five, seven, yeah. ten-minute wads, you know, that have now gone on to be a daily thing that goes on to Facebook. Thanks. You know, like, this is where I think business is so ever-evolving and beautiful. It is yeah. evolving. So it's a process of creation, yeah. isn't it? And we all do it our own different ways. And I've watched yours evolve. And next um, podcast, our next week, we will be talking about Karen's amazing evolution. Oh, it's an extraordinary uh, like, story. I just watch how you evolve, you know, from... from Writing a book? No, see, I've seen you from the first day. That, yeah, 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 you spoke, and yeah. and I just watch your evolution and where you are now, and I, I go, how does she do that? How does she evolve like that? She just, and you know yeah, what? I'm if sorry. it's not working, do something different. Yeah, most people keep doing the same thing, and they wonder why it's not working for them. But what I find you do, Karen, if it's not working for you. You evolve it and you change it. And, and I, I've watched you do Karen's Couch and we will be talking about that next week. But I watched you do Karen's Couch and it just wasn't working, was it? Just wasn't getting there. And then for some reason you evolved it even further and now it's just flying. I, I, I've watched I, I, from the day you started Karen's Couch or even the concept of it. Yeah. It's it's been really fun watching you. And I really wanted to keep just the last, you know, couple of weeks, well, the last couple of months, I really wanted to keep it a secret. And it was especially a secret from you guys for uh, you guys. She has. She's kept it a secret. Oh, I haven't us. told you guys no, you no, anything you about it. And I did it. I did that especially for you because I wanted it to be, um, because you've been so close to me on all of the ride. Yeah. And I really thought to myself, I'm not even going to tell Kim and Cindy about it. They're not going to know anything that I'm doing. Because <laughs> you guys know everything that I'm doing all the time. <laughs> so I thought, no, I'm not going to tell you guys. I really know when she's having emotion. <laughs> and I remember telling even the producer, saying, not a word. I know, she kept Not a word. But you know what was really quite funny? Because <laughs> we knew nothing. And the producer's mother was at yes. one of my talks in Sydney and you said think, something. You think you had a secret? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> How did that work she out? She said me? something. And I went, what? What? So no. I didn't know this. Tell me more. And she said, oh. Oh, maybe I'm, no. You tell me what's happening. And I, and, and I came in. When I came home from Sydney, I came into Karen. I went, you have things to tell us. <laughs> And, you know, you weren't actually really, because you weren't really supposed to actually get the big bang until next Tuesday. Oh, shame. Yeah. Well, I went on them. Yeah, I know, but I knew that you kind of would get a bit of a feeling of it, and I thought, and I thought, actually, neither of you have posted on Facebook, neither of you have made a comment. No. Sweet, you still don't know. <laughs> so I kind of came in thinking mm. when we were coming coming in to do the podcast, I thought, oh, should I say something? Should I not say something? And I just thought, oh, have you seen the post? Have you seen, have you seen it? And I didn't actually want no, to. Do it was already on my. Meal. It was already there on my. I know, screen. I know. But I got. Isn't it funny how somebody just happens to be at my talk in Sydney that I happens know. to be working with you, and I went, I you know. can know, but, but you, you cannot hide. hide. And and this is what business is, is it 
it is a, it is an evolution and it is there are some times when we do a bit of an oh but there are other times that we need to plan mm. um, beautifully. Mm. But your oops are calculated, I've decided. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mine yeah, weren't always calculated, but yours are calculated. You really, yeah. Mm. So yeah. what else have you got there, Kim, that well, we've Well, definitely, we've got? I think the one thing, you didn't say this, but I this was an observation with Karen and I watching you, that you walk the talk. Totally. I guess that comes back to truth mm. um, and honesty. People know the minute you start talking whether you're fake or not. And, you know, if, if you're going to be someone that sells your business and I think before you both said you should have your passion around your business and I just was thinking about that and I thought maybe if it's not your passion um, because sometimes we don't have a choice to Mm. to do our own business or Mm. the confidence or the money or the backing or even the uh, desire so therefore I was I was thinking a part of a business whether you're working for someone else or not is also making the best of what you've got until something else comes along so don't sit there whinging and complaining that it's not right or it's not fair or it's not going well or whatever you've got to be constantly and you girls have taught me this you've got to be constantly in action to create new possibilities um so for me, walking the talk was a, is a very big thing, particularly probably from the three of us. I mean, if Karen was a useless speaker, it would be hilarious that she was standing up there selling speaking. You know, there'd be no confidence. <laughs> but, and yet she thinks her first talk she ever did was the worst speech out in the world. Whereas I loved it. we thought it was terrible. Yeah, totally. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I, I think your other point that you made about being accountable, I think that's a very, very important part of business. Um, and I think the accountability... How do you stay accountable, Karen? I'm very lucky. I'm an accountant. <laughs> but that I remember so funny the way you said that. I'm accountable because I'm an accountant. Yeah. It's not really working out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a few podcasts ago. Yeah, yeah. You were the one that was terrible with managing what you were doing with it. No, I know. And I actually am. That was just a lie. It was just, it just, I thought it sounded funny. <laughs> She was trying to get away with it. Yeah, no, it didn't work out well. No, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate now, and certainly wasn't like this in the beginning, but I'm fortunate now because Matt keeps me accountable. Because for, to Matt, uh, money is a very primary focus for Matt. So I will get a bit excited and I do go off on my little adventures and stuff, and Matt is, is part of that for me. But my mentor is my sister. Mm-hmm. And my sister's a multi, multi, mm-hmm. multi. So I... Um, have her as my coach if I'm safe for want of a bit of work she's absolutely my coach mm. um, so she keeps me accountable mm. so she's the one who says don't spend a dollar that you're not prepared to lose um, and she's you know she gives me all the recipes of replicate and repeat and replicate and then you know adjust and rework and all that so I'm, I, you know I, I'm probably at a point now where I need my sister a little more um, and you know we're talking about how, how we can make that work mm. But she definitely keeps me accountable, but I keep myself accountable. I mean, I do. From a financial point of view, I'm all over it like a fat kid on a smarty. And that's a P-H-A-T kid. <laughs> that's a P-H-A-T kid. I'm all over it. Like, how, do, how do you both know when you're at that next level? Um, I don't, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just going... The way that I do it is I go with my desire. And I go with my intuition, and if the desire is there, and I have a, I have rules around it because I do I do get distracted with shiny things, mm. and I get creative ideas. I wake up with them every morning, every single morning. I wake up with a new creative idea every morning. It's exhausting sometimes, <laughs> but now the way that I work with it is if the idea stays with me for five days, and the excitement and the anticipation builds over the five days, then I'll action it. 
And if I action it and it turns into something fantastic, if I action it and it doesn't turn into something, I know that just leads me to the next step. So um, that's my rule, five days. If it's with me for five days, I'll take action on it and see where it, where it leads me. Nice. That's why I'm busy all the time. Nice. Mm. Um, you said also, and I think the other point I got from you, Cindy, was just do it. Like, don't mm. sit around. Mm. Both of you would be definitely do it, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're definitely do it. I, you know, I, I, do I, it. I because there's a lot of people. <laughs> do it. There are, there are a lot of people great. that are. What do they call them? Um, I'm a do it. We're do it, but there's gunners. Oh, gunners. There's gunners where they they I'm have an idea, it. and it is give a brilliant idea. Yeah, give me a do it, not a gunner. Do me any day. Yeah. <laughs> See, tart. <laughs> not a Sorry. podcast without tartnessity or poo or princesses or rock stars. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Or tarts. <laughs> Right. Carry Town. on, carry on. Can you do it? So there's gunners and there's do it. <laughs> and there's lots of great ideas out there. There's lots of entrepreneurial ideas. And it, I think you've got to be a do it, mm. not a gunner. And I, I, I know people who have for 20 years been gonna, 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 and yeah. they never do it. <laughs> yeah, well, not our Kimmy. No, 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 it's no. not Kimmy. No, not Kimmy's, Kimmy's a doer. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. It, it. it is about getting out there, and and it's also about trusting, because if you have fear, what, what we're talking about, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. Some people feel the fear and never ever do it, then regret, and then say, "I should have gone." A, I, I, they should all over themselves, and could have all over themselves. And yeah. I think there's a bit of trust, mm. and. The trust that um, my education program is the right thing to do and, and at the right moment. I, you know, I know I'm there. I've got this. It takes courage to. Courage. That's yeah. such a big word. Because you, can, you know what you're saying there, it's very important. You get to the point where you trust yourself and mm. you, trust your, you trust your ideas. Mm. Yeah, you think about the oils that you bring out. Kim. Oh, yes. You know, the blends that you put together. Oh. <laughs> that that was hilarious kim put jasmine oil on a piece of toilet paper for me because i was having a moment a little while ago cindy just stuck it up her nose sniffed it in tight so that it sucked to her face oh people who are we today <laughs> but you think about all of those things like oh, when you put your oils your, when you put your blends together there's got to be a point where you just trust that what you've created is is magic hmm. <laughs> and you know what? Whatever blend you put together, oh my goodness, it's just stunning. It's absolutely stunning, and it is a trust because all of a sudden you just came out with all these blends. You know, you in your book, it, and you started with a book too. And we will be talking about Kim's journey as well. That will come the week after Karen's couch. It, it's just, uh, uh, it is a trust and courage. It's it's, it's trusting. I think. Trusting your ideas, trusting that you've got the capability, trusting that you can do it and then taking, having the courage to take that to market. Mm. And, and I also don't want to know too much. Like, seriously, if you told me what I was going to have to do <laughs> to get my products to market, I don't know if I would have done it if yeah, you told me that. that at the beginning. True that. I'm with you all the way on that. Do you know what? Yeah, totes. Sometimes I think 
ignorance is bliss or just oh. trusting that this is the moment that all you need to know right here, right now? You know what? If you had told me that I would have 15 team members that I was accountable for and that I had to make enough money to make sure that they've got enough money to you feed their families, like I would have run like... I would have run as fast as I could have. But hey, because I hate, that responsibility is scary. Isn't this a metaphor for life? Weren't we talking the other day about, or last week, about um, uh, being present and in the moment? Isn't that a metaphor for life? Because if you knew what was going to come in your business, you wouldn't do it. But in the ignorance and the bliss of the moment mm. and just being caught up in the trusting and the creativity and being present to what you're creating and then just being with it, being with whatever you're, you're, you're building and evolving and, and expanding into actually has something magical be the result. But here we are with life, living in the future, thinking, oh, I just wish it would get here, I wish I'd win the lottery, or I wish it would just happen, I wish it would happen. We're totally missing out on the magic of the creativity that's possible in the moment. Stop it. There oh lies a gosh. tattoo or a bumper sticker. If anybody remembers what I just said, <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> Actually, chin chin. Do you know what Kim and I were just staring at you then because green juice to everybody. You did, yeah. You nailed it, and you are so right because when you are in your business, you are in that creative mode. And yes, you're looking at the future, but you're not in that mode when you're in that creative mode. Well, you're not thinking that in ten years' time you're going to have fifteen people because if you did, you wouldn't act now. No. You'd freak. Yeah, You'd it go. Totally freak. So yeah. let's just stop looking at the future and let's just act now. It's a beautiful mm. metaphor for life. And maybe, and maybe turn that on the the days that aren't so good too. So on the days that it's not going so well for you, or you're behind schedule, or you're not doing great, or you're upset with something or other, or someone said no, or someone's just mm. turned your book down, or whatever it is. Yeah. I think maybe that's the other thing to stay in with on those days. Surrender surrender to that moment like just be okay we'd be okay with it mm. no mm. shut the front door <laughs> <laughs> because isn't it I just loved Facebook over the weekend or a couple of weekends ago when you had done a, um, a two-day course it was quite a quite a few weekends ago do you remember that and and everybody was doing your isms <laughs> hey did you see everybody was doing your isms <laughs> I did, I did. There was a woman, I'm going to try and bring it up, there was a woman who was in my course. Oh, my God, so clever. And I just went, oh, they, they've listened to her for three days and they know every ism she's got. Like, the poor up for chatters listeners have had to listen to you for 67, 80, I don't 70. know, how, how many hours have we done? 70 hours? And they finally got you. Oh, my heart breaks for you all. Karenisms. Um, did you not see, did you see that? I saw the start of those, but I didn't see what Oh, no, this that one was like, so this it was one post. This is totes and maze balls. <laughs> this was awesome. I'll try and find it. You please yeah. talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> well, then maybe on that note, we can talk about one of the other points you made was your tribe, your village, yeah. people of like-mindedness. I think um, and culture, a culture. The culture is so important. Um, yeah. Do you know what would you say though to? So, what about the person that doesn't necessarily want to go and run a business or something or other, but is passionate about? Something in life doesn't. Not everyone will want to run a business. So, are you? Would you suggest then whatever you're working? So, say it was coming to work for you, mm. or maybe your dream would be to work mm. in someone's environment, nine to three, and doing this with that person. Do you think mm. that has the same potential as anyone that wants to run a business? Definitely, especially if they're in a culture and a, a business that they love. Shower. No, a cult. <laughs> 
a culture and a business that they love. So let me take one of my team members, and Ruth won't mind me saying her name. Too bad if you do, Ruth, because I'm saying it. So Ruth uh, had heard about Changing Habits. She wanted to work for Changing Habits. So she um, was at um, the right HR, so she was with Sally, and she came in for the first job that was available at Changing Habits, and it wasn't what she wanted, but she knew she wanted to be here. And in actual fact, we didn't give her the job. And then she came in for the second job, which was event coordinator, and that was the job that she wanted, and she didn't get the job. And somebody else got the job, and in six weeks that other person um, realised that with a young baby that she just couldn't do it. And so I remember um, Karen, who runs the show, Howard thinks he runs the show, but Karen actually does, you know. I remember Karen um, actually saying, you know, I think we should ask Ruth, you know. And Ruth wanted to do this. This was her job. This is not her job. This was her passion. This is where she wanted to be. And we travel together now, you know. She's been with us a while and, and we travel together and she does what she wants to do. So I actually believe that if you don't want your own business, but there's a business that really appeals to you or someone mm. that appeals to you, go, go and ask to work for them. Yeah. I think that is such it a is. grand idea. Yeah, work with it. Like, Karen, I know there's people who want to work with you. Oh, really? Yeah. I would. <laughs> that makes so surprised. Yeah, she looks really surprised. Too. And you, Kim? Look, look, you've just employed I someone think. who really wanted to work for you. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Did she start? Did she start? Oh, yeah. Oh, and the best, she's just the best person I could have got. She be. is. She will be yeah. um, a super. And do you know what she is? She loves what you do. She is an mm. advocate. Every single one of these people that are on my team love what I do, are advocates of what I do, do what I do, walk the talk. And what blew me away is I did a talk here on the Sunshine Coast. I've done two now, which they're all from the Sunshine Coast. Do you know every single team member came? Wow. And that I went, says something, doesn't it? Yeah, and I went, you know, there was only two, I think, that were being paid, maybe only one, I don't know. They all came, they all helped, they all wanted to listen, they all brought their kids, you know, Cindy, their spouses. I was blown away by it. I think that is such a testament to what you've created, that people just mm-hmm. want to be in your company and want to be with you and what you've created. Not because, well, maybe because you are their guru for sure, but also because that's what lights their soul up. Mm-hmm. That's what brings the best out of them and they see them, They see the best version of themselves when they're with you mm-hmm. and I think that's certainly f- true for me. I see the best version of myself when I'm with the two of yeah. you for sure, for <laughs> sure. Um, and that's what makes it so compelling. God, I long for those days. <laughs> what do you mean long oh, for them? Yeah. Well, when I, get, when, I, when I get that team, yeah. you know, like yeah. that, to have the team of people who get that same... But let's have that. Like, look yeah. at the people that go to your support team, the people that are all doing. Oh, my crew. Your crew are amazing. Oh, my, oh, my crew mm. for my immense are just. <gasps> they are. Angels. Oh, they are sensational. I mean, just since. Oh, that makes me very emotional. They are the, mm. just amazing. The transformations that my crew facilitate for. So maybe we need to look immense. at the, the definition of team members because I think sometimes the people that don't necessarily work. For us, or, or get paid, us, by, or get paid us. by us, yeah, unnecessarily because the um, crew are volunteer for yeah. your the crew that you have inspire those people in your workshops beyond 
what you would be able to do from oh, the stage. And they yes. help in the facilitation sure. process. Exactly. You know, they're, sure. yeah, they're, they're brilliant. They are. They are. They're absolutely amazing. I'm so grateful for them. Mm. Sorry, I was actually more referring to, like, when I build my team of, you know, like my admin and my PA and that sort of thing. I think with you, Karen, and, and correct me if I am completely wrong. And what I'm very hard to work for? Yes, you're right. <laughs> You're very skilled in many areas. That's your problem. That's your problem. Somebody else said that yeah. to me yesterday. You're very skilled What's in that. You are. You're skilled in many areas. You are. You, Is you it have. I feel it go of certain roles. Like to trust other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she wants to do it all herself, but she wants somebody to do what she can do better. But yes. I don't know yes. Yes. if that's possible. <laughs> You are skilled in um, more areas than I've ever known. Ways. Like when I'll, I, we'll, we'll talk about. So I was talking about my skin. I remember one day, and you oh, went, and you go, oh yes, I used to be, be do beauty therapy or something like that. And I went, of course, what haven't you done? You know, <laughs> psychology, recruitment, accounting, journalism, beauty therapy, exactly. No wonder she's speaking, and that's why you didn't have real estate. Oh, you've got your team. Remember, in a couple of podcasts ago, you actually said there's probably four, eight different people in that head of yours. Well, you're just eight personalities in life. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> They're the ones that have come out. Yeah. Um, and there is that there is that um, person that is like that. That, and I think I was like that. I couldn't let go of anything, and it wasn't until I had to let go. Mm. Now I look at my business. I have no idea how to do dispatch. No idea how to do the website, event coordinating. I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. Mm. I, and I like my event coordinator goes. Um, she'll book everything for me. And then she'll give me the week schedule. And then she'll give me on a piece of paper as I leave this office, she'll give me on a piece of paper when I have to be at the airport. So I used to do all my flights, mm. all my everything. When I'm meant to be at the airport, I look at that schedule the night before. And all I do is look when I've got to be at the airport. Then when I'm in the plane, I go, okay, where am I meant to be? Oh, I'm meant to be there. Oh, I'm meant to hire that car. And I'm, you know, so I've let that all go. Whereas I used to be... I want to fly at that time and I want to be there at this time and I want that car and I want to use this person and I want to do that. So all of that has, has basically, um, I've, I've let it go. I had to let it go. Mm. So I, I don't know what's happening down there. <laughs> <laughs> Just as well. Yeah. On that note, I want to ask you both, we've talked about all the great things around business and everything, how do you both handle the challenges like difficult people, difficult team members, how to get rid Howie. of people. Howie. Well, Howie. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a Howie. Yeah. Do you think I could do uh, Howie part-time? I don't do what? any of it. Howie. Oh, I see what you mean. I don't deal with any yeah, of you it. You deal with people on Facebook. You deal with people in your seminars that might challenge you. You deal with You deal with it in a different... You have a different... I have, I have that. That's. I deal with that. But as far as our team goes here... I, um, how did you do it originally, though, when you had a PA and you... I had one person, and I liked that person, and I worked with them, and I trusted them, and that was one person. One's very different to a team. How do you trust somebody with your business, which is your reputation, what you've created, the complexity of it? How do you actually trust somebody to get it right as often as you would get it right and to um, 
you know, because it's, it's, it's everything that you've worked for. How do you hand that over? And how do you know when it's time to put that person on too? Yeah. Uh, you, or you get to that point where you realise you can't do it anymore. Like yeah. Howard's at the point now where he can't handle the little day-to-day stuff. Right. It's all getting too much for him. So we're going to have to put somebody on like that can... Manager. Yeah, that can do that. So we've actually segmented the, the whole business into separate parts and we have a head of each department now. So once upon a time, we'd have a team meeting, and that would be every Friday. We can't do that anymore. Our team's too big. It's too many departments. There's too much things happening. And even though it's only 15, we, we've learnt that businesses grow from 0 to 10, 10 to 30, 30 to 200 and onward. Yeah. So we're in the growth phase between 10 and 30. So very quickly, we'll make it to the 30 phase you know, over the next couple of years. And in order to go from zero to 10, you can have team meetings, you can have everybody in the meeting. And then when you grow from 10 to 30, you have to change everything. And we actually now have an operations manager that's helping helping us with that. So we've segmented all the team members into certain points. And um, we then have somebody that manages each of those points. So one of the managers is someone who's been with us for a long period of time. And she tells me what to do. <laughs> she controls my life. She comes up here. One day she came up here, right, and you went, you know, she's going on and on. And, and I looked and I went, do you like your job, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you be nice. <laughs> yes, you be nice. And I looked, she looked at me and she said, yeah, but you've got to keep me interested. You know, I, I've got to be doing new things. And, you know, and I went, and we're doing that for you. She going, yeah, I love this. Oh, isn't she beautiful? <laughs> but she does. She she has taken on this as hers. Mm. And Ruth no longer says, um, Cindy, this, Cindy. I don't think that's good for you. I don't think that's the right thing for you. I think this is what we should be doing. No, they weren't paying enough. And and this, so they take that role on as if they are. Yeah. They are. It's their their business. It's their like. And I watch each one of these team members that have done that. And so, starting Karen, you know, she was our first team member after Annika left. You know, Annika was my PA for many years, and Annika left because she'd finished her degree, and I only had part time work for her. Then Karen moved in, and it was almost like she was the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. And and now, look, I've just watched her evolve and and watch everything that she does evolve so yeah you know what you know mm-hmm. you know when the next person is like this education um gentleman that that has just started and and we're now working with you know he i knew i was ready for him and mm-hmm. I, I knew i was ready for him and before that um you know who we were ready for customer service you know because there were so many people ringing i don't know which protocol to do i don't know what to do bringing on nutritionists so you know i think you know you 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 cannot do it by yourself anymore Mm. and i think you've kept your business karen at a point where you know you can control it Mm. yeah very much and you need to make mini karens that's what's gonna take it past that point where you train the trainer to train what you're doing because you have a capacity of your time Whereas there has to be other people out there that train what you do and train under your umbrella. That's, that's like where I feel. And being able to let it go enough that yeah. they'll, do, they'll deliver the information but it won't be the way you would do it. That's quite a big 
Mm. It's a really big place to get to that you can train someone. Because look at her, she's cringing here. They will never deliver it the way you do, unless you keep your business where it is. Yeah. No. Anyway, let's not let's not uh, we'll, we'll make the next podcast all about me. How about yeah, yeah, we are going we are going to do um, the next podcast all about you. Well, I think just a, just a couple of other little quick things here was um, you're also very open to the possibilities. So I think that that was amazing. You know, with Howie coming on and then what Bruce would always suggest and and obviously those sorts of things. I think I wrote here support team girlfriends. Let's us. Yeah, I mean, people outside of your business mm. that you can talk to. The funny thing is, whenever we're out, we all end up talking about like we talk like we are now. Mm. This is what's hilarious. Mm. And then we get our husbands all going, "Do you have to keep talking about work?" Oh yeah, <laughs> but we're like, agreed, agreed. They don't want like, us to. <laughs> this is who we are. So this is what, this is what we are. Yeah. So that's very hard not to. But so then we make little times like this. Um, but I think you need a cheer, a, a support cheer team a cheerleading team that actually gives you the pickups when you're you're not there and I think sometimes your team can do that just by coming and bouncing and off the walls with something they've done or achieved or I love I love what happens around the team and I think the other point that I've learned from you Cindy is to educate never stop learning yourself in business and constantly educating yourself and what you can learn not only about business but also about the area you're passionate in um, and how do, how do you do you do that through reading Podcasts. podcasts. I, I listen to podcasts. I, I like. I read and podcasts. That's all I do. Mm. I don't listen to radio. Like you know, it, I love the ABC when it comes to conversations with Richard Feidler. Mm. I love really good interviews on the ABC. I can't stand commercial radio and commercial television. You know, I love watching Australia Story when there's an inspirational thing happening, and and I love watching the ABC because there's no advertisement. So. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where even those are beginning to grate on me because I'm not getting the information that I want. So I I go through all the podcasts and I see which one's going to give me the information that I need, whether it be in education for nutrition, um, which is mainly what I do now, um, and I leave the business side to Howard. So he does the education in his business. Like he reads Robin Sharman's books, Being a Leader and stuff oh, yes, like that. Yes, so yes. he reads those books. I read all the nutrition books and... You know, and and it, and then that's. I think that's. You become, and, and it's. It is still balanced because I love doing it. Like I love listening to Underground Wellness by Sean Croxton. Mm-hmm. He interviews the most amazing he people, does, yes. and it's all on yeah. health. I love listening to the Gluten Summit, to the Eating Psychology Summit. This, this, I just get so excited, you know. And then then they become my mentors, the the people they've interviewed. Then I read everything I can possibly about them, and then I interview them. You know, I, I just realised that it, it, that's what it's about. It's a, it's the information's out there and it's free. Mm-hmm. This is all free information, and willful blindness is when you there is something out there that you should know but you don't know because you refuse to look. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm never going to be in that in that. And most people live there. I think we need to put that on the mm. website. Willful blindness, you something out there. Is when there's something know. out there that you don't that you should know that you don't know because you choose not to know it. <sighs> wow. God, that's awesome. Mm. Can't touch you that on my forehead. Yeah, yeah, you can go for that one. You're gonna look mm. like one of those Polynesian <laughs> Maoris with mokus and, and mm. tattoos mm. all over. Mm. 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 Or prison break. You could have stories all over your back. We could, One could. we could, we could, we could, mm-hmm. but there's you don't have to be willful blind, mm. there's no way you need to be that way, even if you have no money. 
That's um, so true. You can. You do know that there is a, a lecture by Michael, Michael Pollan and forget the other guy's name. That's free. They lecture to university students in the U.S. at a major university, and it's free to the public to download. Well, um, on the internet, you can uh, get access to YouTube's. Not iTunes, YouTunes, and it's university lecture lectures. Oh yeah, yeah, YouTunes, yeah, YouTunes, yeah. And that's not Y O U, yeah. that's YouTunes. Yeah, and it's it's all U. Yeah. yeah, I do a lot of. Um, uh, what am I? I've got a whole bunch of lectures and tutorials that I downloaded on philosophy of the mind. Mm. Amazeballs. And so every subject is out there. Yeah. So whatever you want to learn, it's out there, and you don't have to. You don't have to pay. You'd, and it probably coaching is out there, business coaching is out there. I just haven't looked because, you know, we had Bruce and and I, I am, don't even think five years ago podcasting was that Podcasting has been six years. I six think. years, is it? Yeah. So I probably didn't get into it until probably three or four years ago. And my first introduction was Sean Croxton in, um, in Underground Wellness and he's been going since 2008. But I don't know if he was going in podcasting. I think he may have been just going through a website. Yeah, there's yeah. been a couple of online radio sites, well, if you call them radio sites, but just online yeah. sites where you put audio. Yeah. You know, I had a lady ask me if she could come and speak to me recently about business and uh, with a business opportunity, and I sat there with her. I didn't have a lot of time on this particular day, but she'd been asking and asking and asking. She sat in front of me and she didn't have, an, she had an idea, but she had nothing else. She didn't even have her husband on board. She had no one else around her on board and wanted my feedback, (laughs) the poor thing. Um, And she said, because she was inspired by the three of us, and she said, um, this is my little pearl to leave you with, Um, she said, you know, I really want to do this, but I'm just so passionate about helping other people. I've been on this incredible journey. I've done a lot of learning, and I've done all this sort of stuff, you know, where I've actually really wanted to learn and grow myself, and now I feel I'm ready to share that message with everyone else. And she goes, and so I'm just wondering, you know, I don't have to to do this. You know, I, I just want to have the centre. I want to do this, but I don't have to make money. I'm doing it for my passion. I want to do it because I'm passionate about it. <laughs> and in that moment, I sat there and I went, look, this might sound cold. This might sound hard. <laughs> I actually saw me and her probably 15 years ago thinking, I don't have to make money. You know, it's not about the money. Money's not my driver. It's not the whole thing and all that. And I sat there and I went, now listen up. <laughs> If you think you're going to do something that's not about making money in business, then you need to cut the cord now. I said, because otherwise you're going to burn yourself out, you're going to ruin your family, you're going to do the whole thing. I mean, otherwise, why are you doing this? So for me, it's, it's, I've really had to teach this to myself, that it's, it is about making money, ethical money, and it's about creating choices, and money, money has energy, and money has a force, and if you can do good things with that money, then that's what I believe is the power of business or education and things like what we're doing. So, so I'm really sorry if I came across a little harsh. but No, but I think that there's a really important distinction, because there is a distinction between a hobby like being like doing something that you love but doing it on the level of a hobby versus doing it on the level of buying yourself a job so you just you know you you you're in business just to earn a wage versus being in business as a business owner 
there's a distinction between the hobby, the job, and the business. Yeah, mm, good point. Yeah, because mm. some of us, it starts as a hobby. A hobby. Yeah, but totally. Which could yeah. be writing your blog, and that was yeah. my point. For many of you who don't know what to do, start writing a damn blog. money blogging yeah. is massive, and how a lot of people have done. Or blogging your recipes if you're into cooking, or or blogging your experience as a newborn mother, or blog, like people are out there wanting to read, listen, and look at the information because they don't want to have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, so many businesses have started out just by sharing information. Mm. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I think that was everything. I got that everything? Me, my so this has been. I think this has been a very insightful podcast. I'm feeling very inspired to go out there and do some fabulous things. <laughs> <laughs> That's another ism. It really well, is. Just read out your little isms, would you? Like? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear the isms. I yeah, love it. They're just is, so good. The, I shall read two of them to you because the other one I just absolutely love as well. One of the participants who were in, was in my speaker's fast track event was like, listening <laughs> so specifically to everything that I said. So she came up with my Karenisms specificity but she i love how she put karen smith yeah so she she, in in, she's written all of these words and then in the in specificity she highlighted the c Mm -hmm. in uber she highlighted the a so she spelled it uba true or true (laughs) you always say that i always say so she took highlighted the two r's Uniquenicity. <laughs> she highlighted the E. N. She highlighted the. I wrote. I'm um, sorry. And then I said noodle baking. And she highlighted her N. So in all of highlighted, she's highlighted yeah, the word Karen. Brilliant. And then she's done Smith <laughs> using the words shizzle, amaze balls, volition, tights, <laughs> and shut the front, front door. door. That was just brilliant. That's so clever. And that was a lady, but then I'm going to say it out loud. Katrina Hood, you're a legend, yeah. my friend. And then one somebody else posted on my Facebook page, but this is kind of a little bit separate to um, <laughs> a little bit separate to the speaker's fast track. I may seem quiet and reserved, but if you mess with my dog, I will break out a level of crazy that will make your nightmare seem like a happy place. <laughs> I read that. I, I read that, and I was about to write like something in there, and I went, "No." And because I have the most savage dreams when I when I dream about people being cruel to animals, I have really savage dreams. And I actually, when I read that, I went, "Oh, that is just That's so beautiful." <laughs> I would treat anyway. Aww. Anyway, so I hope that this podcast has been, or we all hope that this podcast has been as inspiring for you as it has been for us. Go ahead and post on our Facebook page and let us know what your thoughts are. If you're in business or flirting with going into business, you know, hopefully this has been really insightful for you because I think there's nothing more potent than having somebody that you can model on. And I know that a lot of you guys who follow us follow Cindy and are interested in nutrition. So hopefully this has been really, really potent for you. So go to Facebook, all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Make sure that you leave your comments there or you can post your comments on the wellness couch, which is all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. See you then. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.